G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A young boy's hand was stuck inside a very expensive vase. The vase was a family heirloom, and the boy's parents tried frantically to free his hand, but to no avail. When it seemed that there was no other option than breaking the priceless vase, the boy said to his father, Dad, would it help if I let go of this 50 cents piece? God has given us a vast treasure in the life that we have in His Son, Jesus Christ. Sadly, many Christians do not experience this life in its abundance because they're trying to hold on to the old life. They are scratching around to find some merit and sense of worth in their fleshly endeavors and achievements. Self-esteem is clutching at straws. Christ's esteem is laying hold of the pearl of great price. We must let go of self-esteem in order to embrace Christ's esteem. This is what Paul was referring to when he said, This one thing I do, letting go of those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us today as we look at the subject of walking in the Spirit. Now, earlier in the week, we talked about what it means to walk according to the flesh. And Ken gave two definitions. The first is probably the one that we're all familiar with, and that's to live sinfully by yielding to desires of the flesh. But the second is the way we can live according to the flesh and do good works independently of God. So we'd probably refer to this as, I guess, self-righteousness. Is that right, Ken? Yes. um, In my Radical Grace seminars that I conduct around uh, Australia from time to time, I often point out that there's a... Uh, many exhortations in the New Testament relating to how we should live, you know, like don't be angry, don't mm-hmm. steal, husbands love your wives, don't use bad language, yep. don't gossip, stop lying, and so on and so on. Now, my question is this, how can we live righteously without being legalistic? So what's the difference between New Testament instruction and, say, behavior modification that secular counselors would prescribe? Yeah, that's a really good question. What is the difference? (laughs) Well, um, there's something unique about the way Christians are exhorted to live and that sets that apart from, say, behavior modification. And it all has to do with the theme of walking in the Spirit, which is what we're looking at this week. Now, I'd like us to look at this briefly over the rest of this week, if we can, Phil. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first thing we notice about Paul's teaching is that there were two parts to his teaching that made it distinctly Christian. Now, we call those two parts doctrine and application, or teaching and exhortation. Uh, You may have asked the question at some stage, what's the difference between teaching and preaching? Uh, Well, this is the very thing that we're talking about here. Teaching states truth, but preaching exhorts us to apply that truth. Okay, So Christian ministry always starts with the truth. So in most of his epistles, Paul would first tell those that he was writing to who they were in Christ. That's a very important point. Then he would go on to exhort them to be those people, to live in the power of their new creation identity. Um, I tell a story about, you know, the time the tramp was uh, walking along the road looking depressed and suicidal, 
and he sat down opposite an artist studio and the artist noticed him and began to sketch this man. But instead of drawing him with facial features of despair and despondency, he drew a man that had hope and destiny. And he called this guy over and, and he showed him this picture. He said, look at this. He said, this is a picture of you. I'd love to have seen the look on his face at that point. Yeah, well, probably I, thinking, I, no. he just looked at it. And, uh, but the more he looked at it, Phil, the more his face changed. His countenance lit up. Mm. And then he said this. He said, if that's a picture of me, he said, I am going to go out and become that person. Now, that's what Paul does. In the first half of, uh, say, you know, his epistles to the Romans, uh, Ephesians, Colossians, he says, now this is who you are. You are righteous. You are in Christ. You know, you are sons of God, etc., etc." Mm. He says, now walk worthy of that. Now be who you are. Go mm. out and become those people. Now, if we don't understand this, then we'll address condition first. We'll, we'll start with what people should be. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll give them the oughts and the shoulds, and, and that becomes legalism leading to condemnation. Now, I say this, uh, and I speak to myself when I say this, Phil, that no Christian teacher has the right to exhort Christians to do anything without, first of all, telling them who they are. That's a really good point. Otherwise, you know, that, that's because our behavior flows out of our identity. Mm. Paul made an interesting point. He said that we are in Christ. How? Okay, um, that's you know that that's one of his themes. For example, in Ephesians, in fact, in the first fourteen verses of that epistle, he mentions it eleven times. Now, how, as you say, well, we got into Christ by being baptized into Him. When we believed in Jesus, we were baptized into Him, and you know, you take the whole um, analogy of of baptism or as it was in those days, it was like dyeing a garment. They would use that word. Mm-hmm. They're saying, we're going to baptize this garment. So they'd take it and they'd completely immerse it in that liquid. So the garment will become one with the dye. I'm just glad that we don't do that with baptism now because they probably got a <laughs> stick and they held the garment underneath the water. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, point taken. So w- when that garment comes out, you, you, you could ask the question, now is the garment in the dye or is the dye in the garment? Well, it's so the two become yeah, one. Yeah, the two become one. Mm. And that's how it is with Christ. We are in Christ. So it's important that we see ourselves as one with him because I think is it John that says, As he is, so are we in this world. Mm. Now that says who we are. As he is, so are we in this world. How do we see ourselves? Do we see ourselves as sinners? Well, if we do, what will we do? We'll sin. So you've got to ask yourself, is Christ a sinner? No, he's not. He's right. He's the righteousness of God, and that's who we are now in our spirit, yeah. our human spirit. Um, is he cursed? No, he's not. He's the source of all blessing, and we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Is he defeated? No, he's not. He's victorious. Therefore, you know, you stand in the whole armor of God, in, in that which Christ has provided for you to walk in his victory. Mm. So it all begins with... Um, knowing who we are in Christ, and then out of that flows our walk. So in the second half of Ephesians, the term walk is mentioned five times. He says walk worthy, walk in the light, walk in love, and so on. But that flows out of knowing who we are. Mm. I like the way you balance these two here, Ken. It's not just teaching, is it? Some people just talk about doctrine. There's no application. Uh, But as you said there, if we start with application or exhortation to behavior... Well, that leads to legalism. And we're not doing anything different to secular behavioral counselors if we do that. 
That's right. I, I, and that's what is so beautiful about Christian ministry uh, of the Word of God. It's a combination of those two things, teaching and preaching, uh, doctrine and practice. Okay, so the first half is we, we take that time to tell people who they are. Then from that understanding, we exhort them to go and be those people. Now, when I take my, my seminars on this subject, uh, Phil, I, I illustrate it with a pair of scissors. You know, I, I get two people to hold a piece of paper, uh, one at each end, and I say, now I'm going to cut this paper with this pair of scissors. So I open the pair of scissors, but I just use one blade. Yeah, almost like a saw. Mm. <laughs> Try to saw my way through this piece of paper. And people start, you know, saying, oh, that's crazy, you know. And I say, well, what am I doing wrong then? Well, you're only using one blade. And so I then use the two blades and close the blades, you know, one against the other. And, of course, it cuts a straight line. And, and sometimes in ministry, we only use one blade. We either use the doctrine. Some people are just full of doctrine, but they don't go on to exhort people to godly behavior. Mm. But others try to constantly you know, exhort people, we should do this, we should do that, we should behave this way and that way, without telling them who they are. So that's kind of using one blade of the scissors and it's not cutting it. Yeah, we see that at the Church of Corinth, uh, don't we? Paul Mm. uh, addressed some issues with them and he didn't start with don't do this, don't do that. He started with who they were. Yeah, like for example, um, their immorality problem, you know, because of their past, they brought a lot of fornication into the church. Now, he didn't just come at them and say, yeah, stop fornicating, because mm. that's just like, um, yeah, behavior modification, stop doing this and curbing behavior externally. He says, no, do you not understand who you are? You're the temple of God, you know, the holy temple of God. Now, you're going to take the temple of God and join that with a harlot? Of course you're not. This is who you are now, so now behave like this. Helpful advice on walking in the Spirit this week and we continue our conversation same time tomorrow. Do join us. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au That's vision.org.au